In this episode of the Unfold the Soul Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, am I going to do what's right for kids or am I going to do what's most comfortable for me? Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal. Uncut and uncensored, putting all his business in the street. The podcast, Bless His Heart. The name, Ken Williams. What a day, what a day. Let me get right to the highlights. I went to do an observation this morning in a classroom. Talk about a fucking mess. The scrambling and lack of preparedness that was evident was absolutely unbelievable. According to her plans, she was to be conducting reading groups and doing some progress monitoring. I arrived to find somewhat of a free-for-all. Correction. I was there when she and her students arrived at a classroom. There she began to try to break them up into three reading groups. But I could tell right away that the students weren't accustomed to breaking up into different groups. It was clear to me that there was no routine present for this 40-minute block of time. It was deadly. I'm proud of myself because in the past, I might have left the classroom and let the teacher off the hook out of mercy. This time, however, I stayed. My staff as a whole has not earned the professional courtesy that I'd like to extend to them. I have some who I can work with, but as a whole, we're just not there yet. So I gotta bring the hammer. Man, the more I do these podcasts, the more I am grateful for the gift of time and wisdom. My gosh, I wrote this with confidence. Oh, we got a lot to unpack, baby. A lot to unpack. First, <laughs> let me start with uh, something I wrote that, you know, in hindsight, I realized that uh, I have matured as a leader. So, obviously, I've walked into a disastrous observation and... Listen, we all have those off days. We all have bad days. I mean, the, the, the best teachers have those tough days. And, you know, you grant sometimes a, a do-over, uh, you know, at their request. This wasn't one of those times. This was a legitimate shit show. So this wasn't a, you know, she's having a bad day or kids are just off today. This was a legitimate shit show. And one, one the first big point I... I should save it for the end, but I but I can't because I have to address it soon. Is uh, where I wrote this was deadly. I'm proud of myself because typically I'd leave the classroom and let the teacher off the hook out of mercy. This time I stayed. My staff hasn't earned that professional courtesy that I'd like to extend them. What I know now, you know, as a leader, you know, 15 years later, is I was uh, bullshitting myself a bit. I didn't realize it then, I promise you, I wrote that with complete confidence and would have stood by it. This idea of, you know, leaving and showing mercy. One, it wasn't really mercy. When I look back now, I know what it was. It was, you know, I was considering, or, you know, I said I've done this in the past. There are times where I should have leaned into the discomfort of, you know, adversity. And it was really, 
me considering burying my head in the sand, you know, like an ostrich, just kind of, I'm just gonna bury my head in the sand and almost pretend I didn't see it. And then describe it as me showing the teacher mercy. But it was less mercy and more of me letting myself off the hook because if I don't see it and I don't stay for it, then I don't have to deal with it up front. And listen, maybe, you know, for some, like I said, for some teachers who, you know, demonstrate a level of competence and commitment to this kind of planning and, you know, observations and stuff like that, you do that because you just know it's just a, just a bad day. You know, this is not typical, but I knew this was a shit show. I knew it was a shit show and I had a second run through my mind about leaving, but I didn't leave, which is good. But my rationalization for not leaving was faulty. This was not about mercy. This was more about if I left, it would have been to uh, not see it and not have to deal with it. And when you avoid issues that should be dealt with, it's not professional courtesy. I call it a professional courtesy, but it's not a professional courtesy. And you know the difference between issues that need to be dealt with and someone literally just having a bad day. So that's the the first big point I wanted to make. The second is kind of goes back to this quote I use a lot when I conduct PD, and that is, what's best for kids comes first, what's best for adults comes second. It's a close second, but a clear second. And I want to be clear about what I mean by that, because I've, I've posted this on social media and, you know, gotten some pushback about, you know, what's what's good for teachers is also good for kids. I'm not talking about ranking support. I'm not I'm not speaking to um, a finite amount of support that kids get the most and that adults get second. I'm talking about situations like this one where there is a tension between adult discomfort and what's best for students and so the quote is more of a reminder for me right and it applies to a situation like this where i i've i actually considered you know burying my head in the sand pretending i didn't see it uh, leaving the classroom and not leaning into obvious support and resources that this teacher needed Right. And because what's best for kids in this situation is that I lean into the discomfort and address these issues and provide this teacher the resources and supports to, you know, be more effective. That's what's best for kids. But I almost put my own comfort and convenience, not having to deal with it first. Now, in the journal, I wrote it as if it was her comfort and convenience, but ultimately it was me. It was about me considering not dealing with it and me considering acting like this thing didn't happen. I try to live a life and make no excuses. I just don't make, make excuses. If things don't go right and there's some kind of outside circumstance and I need to prep for that outside circumstance next time. And so one of the things that is frustrating about that is, is that you can't make excuses <laughs> because I remember clearly what our culture was like and what I inherited and I'm frustrated today as if I'm back there because I'm seeing this in February I mean I, I knew the teacher was struggling to an extent 
but it was one of 47 different neon light, orange hot, ember burning issues going on at the school. But as I do this pod, I it it frustrates me that the date on this is February 7th. So I'm 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 in this classroom and I'm seeing this these issues that obviously didn't start on February 7th. I mean they they existed earlier and I hadn't gotten her the support she needed to to turn that corner and February 7th is late, man. I mean that's that that's more than half the school year is done. So I've got to do a better job of putting supports in place, um, uh, embedding the kind of collaborative practices that make issues like this kind of bubble to the surface so they don't, they don't have to wait for the, you know, whatever your observation protocols are in your district. You know, I've, I've worked in districts where if you're a veteran, it's like one a year. And, you know, I, I don't want to wait for that. And, you know, I'm a PLC advocate. So these kinds of issues, you know, when you're struggling with instruction, they should bubble up during, you know, through the collaborative process, not so much all the walkthroughs and walked-ons and <laughs> observations, which I did, you know, 90% out of compliance, honestly. And, you know, I really only leveraged the kind of process that we had in place when there was a teacher who had real, real needs. So those are my big takeaways, ones I, I challenge you to take away. Lean into the discomfort of reculturing. Uh, don't ever characterize avoiding issues as, you know, showing mercy or allowing them to save face because you know the difference between the very strong teacher having a tough day or a tough observation and the teacher that needs real support. And lastly, we got to walk that talk. We've got to do what's best for students, even in the face of discomfort and inconvenience of adults. On the next episode of the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, I'm getting a headache reading about the headache I had back then, and my visionary nature is sure being tested. As always, thank you for tuning in to this episode. Be sure to tune in for the next episode. Please share with a neighbor, friend, or colleague so they too can get a dose of this buttery baritone as I go through my leadership journey explaining how I screwed things up and sometimes got a thing or two right. But in the end, here's the message I want to leave you with. No matter what's going on in your personal life or professional life, when you wake up on the right side of dirt, you playing with house money, baby. You playing with house money. You've been listening to the Unfold the Soul Bless His Heart podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit unfoldthesoul.com.